Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity again. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and this is Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good, thank you, Nick. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm very well indeed. Now, most importantly, where are we? What are we drinking? We are somewhere without air conditioning or heating. <laughs> <laughs> We're Bucketees in Brookvale. Bucketees in Brookvale. That's rather cool. That's all right. I'm sure once they get another 100 people in here, it'll warm up. <laughs> Just keep moving. Just keep moving. <laughs> keep moving, yeah. So, so you're drinking wine. I have a coffee so, milk stout, which I'm going to try. Which, I haven't tried yet. Which is very, very interesting, yeah. So this is um, Bucketee's uh, Brewery, Yes, we should say. Yep. Uh, just trying trying some new places. And they also have wine, because we've also got this nice little uh, Glandori uh, Hunter Shiraz. It's uh, not, not bad. 2021 pub wine, yeah. Scott, or nicer? Oh, you know, it's... Um, it's okay. Cool. It's for a, um, It's a good wine for a brewery. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Unless they're brewing wine, but yes, winery. But anyway, okay. So, Scott, cybersecurity update. What's been happening in cybersecurity? Yeah, so look, we, we said we'd catch up on this every sort of quarter or so and give everybody an idea about what's happening. Um, in fact, I was um, I was looking at the last quarter's update, and I, I keep my eye on the WatchGuard security stats because they look at all their firewall and um, security infrastructure around the world. They collect all the logs and the stats and produce reports about what's been happening. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. There's um, there's certainly still the odd sort of technical hack going on, as in when you've got a um, um, when you've got a hacker trying to break into a specific premise uh, premises, or when you've got a um, uh, like a one-off incident. Um, but strangely enough, everybody thinks I've got to protect myself against someone sitting behind a desk in a dark room somewhere, breaking into my network and stealing all my data. Yep. The reality is you're probably not a great target for them because it's not worth, not really worth their time or effort. What they do do, though, is they automate those attacks. Yeah. Um, the, the likelihood of one or person or a group of people trying to break into your specific business is very unlikely. What they will do, though, is they'll write some software to go and automate attacks on millions of businesses all at once. And that's what you really are protecting against. And, and look, there's so much information available on the net about businesses. There's email addresses, positions, org charts. Oh, yeah. And so much of it is available. It makes it really, really easy for them. And with the, the smarts in the automation tools... Now, they can really oh. do some interesting things. Yeah, you can actually get malware as a service. It's actually not that expensive anymore either. Uh, look, ma- malware um, malware is a big focus still. Yep. It's 58% roughly um, of malware was what we call zero day, means it hasn't been seen before. So uh, zero days come from a couple of places. They do come from uh, where uh, vendors have released updates to their, uh, their products. Yep. And all of a sudden, people look at that and they go, oh, Quick, there's an update. Let's go find everyone who's using that product and try to break in with the, with the who haven't put the fix on yet. And that way, there's an exposure there. So, of course, when vendors put out updates, you do need to patch pretty quickly. Um, no, good good point. So, updates are really important. Security hacks are really so security vulnerabilities are important to get patched. And That's the best right. way you do that is keeping up to date. That's right. 
Um, so they also said therefore forty two percent of malware um, was known. It was older malware, mm-hmm. and older malware can actually be look. It's it's something that's been around for a while, but people just don't patch for it. Therefore, what happens? They get impacted by it. Whereas the simple solutions is available. So you'll be careful of this. Keep up to date with your security patching. Yeah. Well, we've been saying this for forever, right? If you're running old software, if you're running unpatched software, yeah. or unpatched hardware, unpatched switches but, and routers can catch you as well. But here's, here's the thing. Why are we still saying this again today? Why are we still going on and saying, patch your systems, patch your applications? It's because people don't do it. Oh, okay. I was, was going to say because nobody listens to the wind down, but um, no, no, we found that listener. We did find that listener the other week. Yeah, so admittedly they, they found it by mistake, but anyway. So no, no. a lot of these stats, though, we get global stats. What's, what's happening in Asia Pacific? So um, Asia Pacific is seeing about 21% of all the malware-related attacks. So in, in Australia in particular, we're seeing one about every 40 seconds, right? Um, as far as the, the watch guard alerts and logs go, which is actually quite interesting because you think every, you're sitting down, there's about 100 odd something an hour, about 100 an hour, that is actually going and attacking someone. Wow. So let's hope that uh, people are patching and keeping their systems up to date. It's very interesting. So, now, how does this stuff get in? Well, there's a, there's a few places. One, one is, um, you may have a firewall and you think, oh, of course, I'm protected. But malware, of course, now is coming in over HTTPS, the secured web connection. Mm-hmm. Um, not all firewalls are looking at that. Because it's encrypted traffic, they can't see into it. Yep. And you've actually got to do certain things on your firewalls to get it to look at encrypted traffic. Um, in that respect, malware's hiding in plain sight. Along with all your other web traffic. But that's just half the point, right? Malware's meant to hide. It's meant to be not detected. So that's kind of what And this is sort of why you also need a multifaceted approach with your endpoint doing the inspection as well. Because that's obviously the traffic has to be unencrypted or decrypted on your endpoint. Otherwise, it's not usable. Yep. So um, let's, uh, we look at that. And we look at um, reducing the attack surface. So antivirus. Yeah, I have my views on antivirus. <laughs> Shutting the stable door after the horse is bolted would be one of my views. You, you are. Look, antivirus by itself is not generally useful today. It does slow down your machine nicely, though. It, well, if you've got an old machine and an old antivirus and a modern antivirus using it on an old machine, yes, because they're trying to do too much. So, um, modern tools, antivirus is only one part of the solution. We really need to be looking at things like. Um, um, reducing your attack surface, looking at your DNS lookups, uh, DNS to make sure that you're not allowed to go to bad places, uh, runtime checks on the code. Do we know that this is good code? If it's not known to be good code, then let's not let it run in the first place. But you're not only you're not only now putting a firewall and edge protection on this soggy insides of a company. Everyone's working from home. Right? It's, it's, it's a world where it's very different to how it used to be a couple of years ago. And they didn't take the firewall home. The firewall is still bolted in a rack somewhere or in a shelf at the business premises. Yes, and also more and more people have no servers. So they go, well, what do I need to protect? And you've got to think about how you protect your endpoints. And that's not just PCs and laptops and desktops. It's mobile devices and tablets so, and phones, right? That's right. It's, it's moving really more towards the endpoint and the endpoint having to be able to protect itself properly. Mm-hmm. So make sure you've got a good solution there, beyond, way beyond just any virus. So what about, you know, we, we were with a customer this morning and they were talking about how you know, somebody did a whaling attack. They sent an email to someone saying, yes. pretending to be the CEO, saying, please transfer this money. 
That's kind of like an email compromise. What's, what's going on yeah, there? Yeah, so BEC, Business Email Compromise. Um, that is, look, in one respect, it's the, it's the boring bit of IT security. It's uh, really someone sent an email. That's not really like some exciting hacking group coming in and breaking through the walls and addressing all that and then finding all their funds and getting into your bank accounts and transferring it all out. Yep. No, no, that's just someone sends an email to someone and says, can you send money here? And that person doesn't look, so they do. And all of a sudden, you've lost some money. It's, yep. it's, um, so you've got in there, you've got whaling and phishing. Yes. But you've also got malware delivery via email. You, you like, can. Don't click well, on stuff, I yeah, think, is the answer. Yeah, that's one. Look, this, this is sort of where the business email compromise stuff comes in. And look, the, um, the FBI came out this week and actually said $43 billion US has been lost to business email compromise attacks so far. Wow. Uh, and look, a billion dollars in any currency is uh, it's a lot of money. Just keep in mind, we're not saying that one person has transferred $43 billion to somebody no, else. No, across lots of businesses. Yeah, right? but this is like, you may say, a thousand bucks here, ten grand there, whatever. It, it, it all adds up. It's a lot of money. Yep. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, uh, and look, an email will come in. It'll say, um, oh, reset your password, click here. Uh, in fact, my wife works, um, does uh, volunteers at a football club, and they all got the email, this is Office 365, please reset your password. And, of course, a couple of people clicked on it because... People don't think, um, and, and they end up getting compromised, which is, yeah. And this is, and I've seen the results of compromised emails, um, email accounts, where I've had emails from people going, "This is a strange sort of request from that person. What's going on?" So you, you sort of send it back saying, "Just checking, is this you?" And you'll get a response back saying, "Yes, me, please do." Yes. <laughs> I, I, I had I had one. I got an email from somebody I knew. Um, and I realised it had come from a hacker, so I said, you know, is this really you sending the email? And she goes, yes, this me is. And I went, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> so I got on the phone. But um, So that's that one. And, and then when we move into people taking over accounts, that's account takeovers. That's right. And once you've taken over an account, I could send an email, for example, as you yes. to a finance team. You said, oh, Nick said urgently send $10,000 to this person, otherwise their systems are going to break. Yeah, finance team would come back and say, we don't have $10,000, what do we do? Oh, that's a separate <laughs> issue, but perhaps that makes you a poor attack yeah. <laughs> no, I'm reducing my attack vector already, look at me go. That's right, <laughs> they don't have access to any of the funds, that's, well, there you go, that's, that is a good yeah. way, yes. But, uh, so, so look, yeah. how do you protect your business, right? There's all these things going on, it's, it's not getting less, it's getting more, it's, it's more yeah. exciting. And, and we, we, most businesses don't hire permanent IT security experts, at least no. in the SMB space. So what do you do? No, and look, this, in one respect, this is the dull part because you've actually got to put some effort in. It's not as if I can say, look, give me $10, I'll put this bit of software on your machine, your problem is gone, you'll never occur again, go and do whatever you do. It doesn't in your work business. that way anymore. No, no. Never really did, by the way. No, no. You've actually got to do things like invest in training, security awareness um, you know, um, programs for end users. You've got to continually show people what you know, recent attacks are like, um, what the impact of those are. You've got to put proper security policies in place, passwords, things like multi-factor authentication in place, and also then therefore train people on what multi-factor authentication is for. There's there's a lot of effort here. Um, so, so like these things haven't changed. We've been wittering on about these for ad nauseum for what ninety something episodes. Yes. Um, 
$43 billion worth, apparently. Is there just a guide, this recommended guide of things I can do for my business to make me more secure? Look, look, look there, are, there, are some, um, there are some good guides. Uh, look, we tend to use the Essential 8 framework with, within our client base and generally recommend that to others. It's, it's put out by the Australian government. Um, it's not overly complex, uh, which, which is good. Uh, it is. There is still IT elements, quite a lot of IT elements to it. You wouldn't want to be not an IT person and read it and try to make a lot of sense out of it. But in general, there are eight key areas or eight strategies for reducing now, security risk. Now, would say the essential eight's really for organisations running Microsoft shops. It is. It's um, which is most businesses. Yeah, so it it's is cool. Look, it, it does apply to non-Microsoft shops as well. But there's some Microsoft uh, specific stuff in yep. there for Office 365 and so forth. Um, but this is it, and we look at the Essential 8 and the Microsoft Secure Score as our main way of um, sort of helping with this. Cool. So people want to find them, where do they get them? So, um, yes, it is put out by the government, so cyber.gov.au, you can search on uh, the Essential 8. Yep. They also have a, you know, quite a lot of other material up there as well you can find, um, but it, the Essential 8 is a, is a decent starting point. It's what the original Australian government departments used as their framework. Um, actually, originally it was the Essential 4, yep. they expanded it, uh, and new versions of the Essential 8 have been coming out with more and more detail in them. Um, but the idea is that across the eight strategies, you do a little bit of work on each one, and eventually you can say, great, I've ticked that one off. There are three maturity levels on each one. Yep, and like anything with a maturity model, you choose what maturity your business needs. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that says you have to go and do every single box in every single direction and achieve like maturity level three in every one, but you may assess that what is immature to level three for your business is actually not really a risk for whatever you're doing. Yep. You may say, oh, well, just two is enough there. One's enough down there for some reason. Maybe I need three over here. Yep. That's so, what you want to work to. So take me through them. Let's just do them one by one. Oh, sure. So like, the first one talks about application control. Can you control the applications being run on the machine? How do you do that? Do you understand what is actually being run and executed in your environment? And how it's configured, right? Yeah. So now, and applications have got better. And it used to be that you could, uh, I remember in the early days of SuperCalc, you could oh. actually dive out to a command shell from the application. And early versions of Excel and Word, you could do that too. Now that's stopped. So, yeah, that's so those nice things have kind of changed. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's happened. But Office macro settings, macros yep. can still be bad, right? Macros are still there. Um, by default, they're turned off now in most uh, modern spreadsheets and systems. Yep. Um, most modern versions of Office do turn them off by default and then say, Oh, this has got macros. Do you want to enable macros for this particular spreadsheet or document and so forth? Um, okay, so that's that's that one. We, uh, what have we got next? Patching, patching applications. Yep. So we look at do we want to be actually um, making sure that our applications are kept up to date with the most recent security updates? Yes. Which is very important. Uh, and then we have user application hardening, which actually looks at, look, if we're going to use applications in certain ways, yep. um, let's make sure we've done things like, um, maybe we don't need to allow Java to run on the system. Yep. Maybe we, we're going to turn down ActiveX controls or things. So to, let's stop the availability of all these things that are not needed on the machine. Sure. That way, if something does get on there, it can't run properly anyway. Yep. Cool. So that, and then you've got things like, I assume, redu reducing admin privileges. Yeah, so look, you, you do need administrative control of machines to be able to do some things, but you don't need to have it all the time. And if you're just running a spreadsheet or typing a document in, you don't need to be an administrator. Yep. When you're an administrator, it bypasses a lot of the security. So if you someone downloads some malware and it's running as an administrator, a lot of the security controls won't 
apply. Yeah, so even even I don't run as an administrator all the time, you know, and I'm doing lots of interesting things. So cool. What else? Uh, multi-factor authentication. Oh, yeah. Very we, important. We go on about that all we, the time. We do, but it is, still, it is important. We still don't see it used everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's very depressing. Um, either older applications don't support it, in which case, time to upgrade those applications to newer versions, or in some cases, move off. Find things that are more modern. Um, they, it's really becoming a risk to the business. Um, and then we talk about backups. Always, because you need to get back when it goes horribly wrong. But I will That's say, right. like Microsoft and Office 365 have a whole bunch of protections for things like ransomware using OneDrive. You can consider that oh, to yes. be a type of backup. Look, there, there are, depending on how you configure it. Yep. Um, let's say that uh, you're ransomware for OneDrive, and I say, I want to keep the last 100 copies. Great. If I know that, and I'm a malware provider, I'm just going to change this file 101 times. Yep. I'm going to, and then encrypting it every time. So the last 100 backups are actually now encrypted. So it, does, it never hurts to have a backup. There is, a, there is the, uh, the global debate about do I need to backup versus, you know, is, is Office sufficient? And yes, there is, but it doesn't hurt to backup. It doesn't yep. take a lot of effort. It's not expensive. Extra layer for our risk and protection. Um, so there's been some legal ch law changes there coming has, up There has applied. been recently. We've had this for, in, in 2018, there was this um, uh, act introduced uh, by the government here, the Security of Critical Infrastructure Act or SOCI. So this is saying if you're in an area they consider to be critical infrastructure and you got breached, you've got 12 hours to publicly report it, right? Well, uh, originally this thing applied to things like um, uh, electricity plants, yep. uh, the, uh, the the gas plants, uh, your, like your water supply systems, uh, your ports. Yep. Um, that's There's been a, a change in the last uh, week or two, give it a couple of weeks. Um, it says, though it is now being expanded out to 11 other areas including finance areas, education areas, uh, things around food, around health, defence and so forth. Um, and if you are, as a business, considered um, to be critical infrastructure, and you, you would generally know that if, if you are, yep. um, that um, you now have 12 hours to report any security incidents. And if you don't, what's the impact? Well, to small businesses, <laughs> there's a fine of about $11,000-odd. So let's, let's hope that's not more than the uh, actual incident. <laughs> yep. um, to bigger businesses, obviously, it's a, it's a different thing. But um, I guess the intention at the moment is to really, not so much just to go out there and get a whole bunch of $11,000 fines. That is one thing. Yep. But it, it is also to raise awareness and to say, look, you, this is the area you're in. Make sure your systems, your processes are on top of all this. Your security is up to date. If you are impacted, that you know you've got to report. All the awareness side is in place. So like everything, it's being aware of your responsibilities it, and knowing what it, to do, right? It's, a, it's the old ounce of prevention versus the, uh, yeah. So it comes down to choosing the right maturity based on the type of business you are and making sure you keep to it and apply it. Yes. Almost like anything, really. Indeed. And look, it's, I know we keep on going on about this, but we just keep coming across so many businesses that either don't have anything in place. Yep. Um, we, we came across one recently that ran about 15 different applications. They all had the same password. Um, and it's just, it's just a lack of awareness of putting proper systems and processes in place to help protect against that. It is. That was awesome. That was a nice, quick one, but another security update. Scott, thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Nick. And thank you. And if you do like what you see, make sure you um, give us a like. Um, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like us to cover anything. It's been The Wind Down. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.